On tonight's episode of the Sports Social Podcast, we have a packed show for you. Quick updates on the NHL and NBA playoffs, lots of other news around the NBA. John Rahm wins his first major at the U.S. Open. Some MLB talk with the first week of substance checks and All-Star Week. NC State with a heartbreaking exit from the College World Series. And then Mississippi State just now dominated the last two games to win their first ever national championship. College football news. And finally, we'll wrap things up with a recap of our first top five and draft. All right, let's get it. You're listening to the Sports Social Podcast with your hosts, Andrew Hunterkamp and Chris Arnold. And welcome into the fifth episode, I believe it is, of the yes, sir. Sports Social Podcast. Already five episodes, hard to believe. As Chris said, a jam-packed show for you not having a podcast last week. We hope you guys enjoyed our top five uh, sports movies draft and congratulations to Dominic Kosher on winning uh, that one with his top five list. But as Chris said, a jam-packed show. Dominant top five list. That's right. He, he ran, I believe he had what, 59% of the votes. Yeah. Um, so congrats to him. And as Chris said, again, hopefully we get back on track with these uh, weekly uploads, a jam-packed show for you tonight. So Chris, uh, how, how was your weekend at the, uh, at the state shoot? Weekend, it was a full week. It was brutal. Yeah, as, as Andrew said, I was at the uh, Ohio State trap shoot. As, as I've mentioned before, I'm a competitive shotgun shooter, and it was a grueler of a week. It was hot, sweaty. I sucked the fat one until the championship weekend. I finally pulled one out and got runner-up for our age division, but it was fun. I'm going to preface this by saying there is no service where I was at. I was not on my phone. So I was incognito from basically everything, all sports news, anything. So if I sound like I'm lost tonight or if I'm trying to catch up and ask questions, bear with me. I tried my best to cram before starting here, but you know, when you're incognito for a full week, you miss a lot of stuff. I will tell you that. And there, there certainly was a lot going on. And there's a lot going on tonight as we're recording this uh, episode. We got uh, Stanley Cup Game 2, Suns-Clippers Game 6. And as Chris mentioned, the Open Mississippi State just winning the College World Series. So we're going to cover all that in the uh, podcast for you guys here tonight. Uh, I believe a good place to start, though, as we uh, have done here, in these episodes is with the uh, current playoff updates. And as we mentioned, we've got two, uh, two games going on, one in the NBA, one in the NHL, game two of uh, Stanley Cup finals and game six of the NBA Western Conference finals. Uh, where, where do you want to start? You want to start uh, with the NHL, NBA? Do you have a preference? Yeah, let's go, let's go NHL. They're, they're more, more long in there. Playoffs with the Stanley Cup final currently going on. I think we start there. That's right. And uh, the Lightning are currently up two to one in the second intermission and have a one to nothing series lead. Uh, so they're looking to win the first two games at home and then head back to Montreal with that lead. Um, they are obviously in back to back Stanley Cup finals. They've got a former blue Pat Maroon looking for his third consecutive Stanley cup. That would be a, an impressive feat. Um, but the Canadians, uh, you know, no, nobody believed that they could beat Vegas and, and they did that and here, here they are. So they continue to surprise and, and I uh, will not go easy against the lightning. No, no, nobody believed they could even make it out of the first round. Talk about an underdog story. Now they're in the Stanley Cup final against right. the defending champions. And uh, Carey Price, I have to say, he has been playing incredible between the pools. And it's he, just – it's been fun to watch, honestly. It's been really fun to watch because 
just nobody expected him to do anything. They came out of nowhere. I think after a couple losses in the uh, last two series, I think they went like nine and two in their last 11 games or something like that, which is just unbelievable. They have been on fire and now they're getting up to this stone wall of the Tampa Bay lightning who everything, everybody kind of expected them to have struggles with the lightning. I mean, everybody expected enough struggles against the, the golden Knights, but they pulled that out. But I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think they can, they might win. I think they can win one game against the lightning, but I mean, it's, it's going to be a blowout. Yeah. As you, as you mentioned, they, they were the last team in, in the playoffs. Uh, They, they were the, uh, they had the, the worst record out of any team. And I I believe are the third uh, team in NHL history to have the worst record to make the, uh, the Stanley cup finals. I know the 2017 uh, Predators are one of them off the uh, top of my head. I can't think of the other one. But, yeah, they, I mean, they were the last team in. And, and as you mentioned, they, they struggled in that first round. They were down 3-1 to the, uh, to the Maple Leafs and then went on a tear and, and won seven in a row and, and uh, managed to get past the Golden Knights. As you mentioned, a lot of people thought that's where their, their luck would end, their, magic, their magical run would end. But they've, uh, they've continued here looking for their first – uh, Stanley Cup since uh, 1993. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see uh, as the series progresses where it'll go. You know, again, as you mentioned, Carey Price seems to be all, all reliable for them. I mean, he's he's uh, been consistent uh, between the pipes, and uh, I know our old old buddy Jake Allen is also there, and Joel Edmondson is also there from the Blues. So uh, there will be somebody from the Blues uh, 2019 Stanley Cup run that'll add to their ring collection. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. Uh, we have uh, l- a little bit to go. We'll see We'll see uh, how this game ends tonight. Big difference between down 2-0 or, or tied 1-1 heading back home. So uh, yeah. we'll, we'll see yeah. how it goes. And it's going to be interesting because I think they're allowing just like a couple thousand fans. That's it up in Canada. But that's more than they've had past couple of weeks so they haven't been letting anybody in now they're finally letting a few in but it's not gonna be the same atmosphere as it is down in tampa because i'm pretty sure tampa's full capacity in their stadium right now and it's i'm sure it's gonna be a lot different yeah and, the, and that's kind of one thing that i i wanted to point out is they they started playing toronto which had no fans up in toronto at the time they started playing and then they uh went on and, and played winnipeg again had no fans and then they went to vegas and you couldn't get another fan in that place. No, no, so, that was so, jam bag. So, yeah, so so they that was their first you know taste of uh, of opposing fans or any fans at all since 2019, and and they I mean they responded well. They've they've played well on the road, uh, so we'll see if they can uh, end up pulling that one out tonight. As I mentioned, it's two to two to one currently in the second intermission, but uh, they've um, they've had success. Obviously, that they're their uh, kid line has pretty, been pretty su- successful. Uh, Nick Suzuki, Cole Caulfield, and uh, Tyler Toffoli. But uh, we'll, we'll see if they I – th- I think they've kind of captured uh, captured the fans' hearts for the, for this run. I, I know a lot of people are pulling for them, but I, I'll, you also got to give it to, to the Lightning as well. It, it's hard to, uh, to win one Stanley Cup, but to go back-to-back, obviously the, the series is far from over. Uh, but we'll see if they can – uh, do something that that's a, a pretty tough feat to do. Yeah, yeah. I think I. I mean, I'm pretty sure it's the hardest known as the hardest championship to win, much less back to back. That's going to yeah. be pretty darn impressive. Yeah. And for our guy Patty Maroon, what a stud! Can't be happier for him because he's just a fantastic guy. Yeah. St. Louis native, won the Stanley Cup with the Blues, and then goes on and wins it with the Lightning. Hopefully, two years in a row. We'll see. It'll be fun to watch. But anyway, let's move on. I know currently for the NBA playoffs, the uh, Phoenix and Clippers games at halftime. Phoenix is up 66 to 57 with a 3 2 lead in the series. I mean, it's a pretty, pretty impressive series with a lot of, a couple injuries, which is hard to watch, hard to see, but I mean, it's, it's been an exciting series. The other one between the Hawks and the uh, Bucks, Giannis, unfortunately, just tore his ACL. I believe that's all it was. It wasn't anything else. No other structural damage in the knee, but seeing that series without him and uh, I mean, it's 
it's just, it's not as fun to watch, obviously, but it's still it's still exciting in playoff basketball. Yeah, I mean, I think that's kind of become the bigger storyline, is and that's kind of a shame is taken taken away from the great playoff basketball is just the overall injuries. You know, as you, as you mentioned, Giannis going out, uh, and then before that, Trey Young ended up rolling his ankle, yeah. uh, stepped on a referee, and last that's... night. Uh, last night, Clint Capella got hit in the face, so they don't know, you know, if he's got a broken nose. And uh, and we're not, you know, not even mentioned that uh, at Phoenix series, you know, Kawhi Leonard uh, went out with, with what they think is a, a torn ACL and uh, Devin Booker broke his nose, you know. So so we've had, you know, a lot, a lot, of, it, a lot of these star players too. I mean, yeah. You know, big time players go down with injury and uh, – Again, you know, as we mentioned, it, it's great basketball. I mean, it, it's 2-2 in the Milwaukee uh, Hawks series and, and 3-2 uh, uh, Phoenix is up in this series. But I feel like the uh, the injuries have kind of taken the spotlight. Yeah, uh, it, it's good and bad because, I mean, it's obviously it sucks not being able to see all these stars go out there and perform like they always do. But it's good because it's giving a chance for these not as big name players to – step up and show what they can actually do and contribute big points and big games to help lead their team to victory. I mean, I mean, you see the star players on basically every single team have been out because Chris Paul was out, I believe the first two games. Like mm-hmm. I said, I wasn't yeah. able to watch anything, but I'm so it was entirely sure how many he missed, but him, him gone Kawhi out now, Giannis. Um, it's, it's, yeah, I mean it's 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 fun to watch all these other guys come up and step up, but it sucks to see all the the big name known players not be able to play and not be able to showcase their talents. Yeah, for sure. And and when when uh, it was announced that Trey Young wasn't going to play last night, I believe the Hawks were seven point underdogs, and and you know, everybody kind of just wrote yeah. them off, and they ended up winning by twenty to twenty five. So like you said, it, it gives uh, other players kind of the chance to play off spotlight to, to shine and. Uh, Kevin Herter had a, had a big game. And uh, so we'll see, you know, obviously with Giannis kind of a unknown there, don't, you know, they haven't really said much overall. Uh, don't know his overall status uh, for the rest of the, for the rest of the series. The Clippers come out and said that uh, Kawhi Leonard is not going to play at all, which w- was known. Um, but, you know, we, we've we've still had some good games. You know that the game game two, the uh, Phoenix and the Clippers, the uh, the valley the Valley Oop play as they're calling it now. That was uh, beautiful. DeAndre and had a nice finish off a nice uh, Drake uh, Jay Crowder pass. Uh, so we we've still had had some good games, and uh, you know it, it'll be interesting to see um, if if Phoenix can uh, can close it out tonight, um, and then. Where where that Hawks, uh, Bucks series goes, you know, w- with the injuries as we talked about to both teams, both of their superstars in question, uh, how that series finished. Do, do you have any thoughts of where? Uh, I believe Trey Young. I've heard, I've read a couple different places that he's going to be back for Game Five. Mm-hmm. I'm not. I mean, that's not a guarantee, but that's right. what I've heard. Obviously, Giannis is done, so that sucks. If I mean, if Trey Young's back. It's almost a guarantee that Atlanta is going to move on through that. But even if he's not back, I mean, the Hawks just proved last night that they don't right. desperately need Trey Young to win. I mean, four of their five starters were had 15 or more points. So without Trey Young, they can still have a good team team win and move on from that one. Uh, the back to the Phoenix and Clippers series. I mean, the Clippers are kind of screwed without Kawhi because he was there late game, reliable player. They got Paul George playoff P, but when it comes time to crunch time and making those big plays at the end of games, he is known for kind of shit in the bed. Yeah. Who, <laughs> he'll yeah. have an incredible game, drive 40 points, but in the last two minutes, he'll brick two free throws and just not play like he usually does. It's incredible how good he can be. And then just in clutch time, just absolutely goes downhill and just sucks. It's, I mean, it's just, it's, the story of his career, unfortunately, but and, without and Kawhi to be their finisher, I have a feeling that they're not. I think I think the Suns are going to take it. 
and that and that's what happened in that game too. He he missed uh he missed a pair of free throws with I believe it was around six seconds left that uh that in, he missed and obviously the uh, Suns capitalized with that out of bounds play and and I mm-hmm. I believe I saw the the I was watching that game with one of my buddies and uh, the last. 15, 20 seconds ended up taking like th- three minutes. I mean, they oh, review- it's ridiculous how they, long they've been pulling these games out. They they review everything, you know, that when it comes down to the wire, and, and I get it, I get it. You have to get the call right, but uh, you know, it does does ruin the game flow, and I think I think that is one of the downfalls of the of NBA. Like, yeah, I mean, it's been taking know. like ten minutes of real time compared for every one minute of game time, and it's. I mean, it should not take 30 minutes for the last three minutes of a game. It's it's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah we want it to be exciting with the calls to be correct, but, I mean, come on. It doesn't take that long to see if it was 0.12 seconds or 0.13 seconds. It's ridiculous. Right. right. But anyway. Yeah. And so so we'll see. We'll see if uh, Trey Young comes back. And and uh, he's, he's had one heck of a playoff. He's had uh, six – 30 point games on the road. That's the most ever for uh, a guy in, in his first playoff. And, uh, but you know, the bucks, the bucks without Giannis, the, they won't go down. And Chris Middleton uh, had a heck of a game. And I believe it was game game three he had 38 points, which tied his career high. Uh, yeah. So he did. So, it's a good, good game. But when it comes yeah, down to the yeah. crunch time, can't do it. Yep. So, uh, that that's another thing about uh, about NBA and NHL. It, it feels like it feels like the playoffs uh, playoffs go go on for quite a while. Oh, I know it's so hard to so hard to keep track what, of it. What, which is the good and bad thing as a sports fan, right? You you want to have something on to watch, but uh, it, it feels like it just drags on. So we'll we'll see. Uh, get, getting closer to the finals in NBA and in the uh, in the Stanley Cup Finals for NHL. So. Um, Sticking, sticking uh, under the NBA umbrella, we've had uh, quite a few uh, uh, NBA storylines with uh, the coaching carousel getting started. Uh, Rick Carlisle getting uh, – he resigned in Dallas. He didn't get fired. He, he had now found a new home in Indiana already. And uh, Jason Kidd getting – taking his place. And uh, Chauncey Billups going to the – uh, Trailblazers. We've got the uh, Celtics hired a new coach already, so we're starting to see that movement of, uh, of NBA coaches. Do you have any thoughts? The, the initial when you look at those names, you look at the fit. Any thoughts on those coaches? Any thoughts on those teams with their new yeah. new head man? I mean, I think for for the Mavs, when I when I think of Jason Kidd, the time when I was watching NBA the most was that time frame his second skid with the Mavericks. So when I think of Jason Kidd, I think of the Mavericks. I think that's going to be a great fit. I think he's one of those players who was just a natural born leader. So I think it's going to transfer perfectly to coaching. I mean, he's proved himself in the coaching ranks as of recent. And now he's a head coach of one of his more known teams. I think he'll be a lot better than Rick Carlisle was there. And and Rick Carlisle advocated for him to get the head coach. Yeah. I do think, you know, as you talked about a point guard, I think it'll be great for Luca's game. You know, a lot of people thought he might be a fit in Portland. Uh, Damian Lillard advocated for him being being a point guard as well. So uh, we'll see how that goes. He, he obviously yeah. has been a coach before and was an assistant with the Lakers uh, recently. So but yeah, I think it's a proven fact too that ex players turn out to be good coaches. Yeah, there's been numerous, numerous. Uh, ex-players who have come into the league and had very successful coaching careers. I mean, look what Steve Nash just did with the yeah. Nets. It's, I mean, it's and Jason Kidd and Steve Nash are basically two peas in a pod, two of that generational point guards that yeah, are just natural-born leaders. I think it's, I think it'll be, it'll be just fine. And we're seeing it now too with with Ty Lue, Ty Lue, former player, and uh, he seems to be settled in uh, as the Clippers head coach hoping to get them to the finals um, mm-hmm. and, and kind of along that, uh, that Portland umbrella it came out that, that Damian Lillard might, uh, might seek a trade uh, kind of unhappy with the overall hiring process of uh, in, in Portland and the, the uh, willingness, you know, knowing that they might uh, not, 
not contend. You know, I don't. So his future seems to be up in the air. Uh, obviously, an incredible player. Uh, so we'll, we'll we'll see what happens uh, yep. to his future. When I when I was kind of looking at you know teams that might be a fit for him, uh, the the Warriors could be interesting. You know, I don't know what happens to Clay Thompson, Steph Curry, the the uh, the Knicks uh, clip or the Knicks and the Celtics. Uh, Celtics just traded Kemba Walker to the to the Thunder. Uh, so again, as we're starting to see kind of kind of the movement in the NBA of, of trying to reshape, you know, we just had the draft lottery as well. So, I mean, yeah. a lot, a lot going on off the court, you know, and the game, obviously the game's still going on trying to get to the finals and, and wrap up the whole season. So mm-hmm. um, in my opinion, I think the, the personal, I think the favorites for getting Lillard, if he does leave is probably the Knicks. I mean, he obviously wants to go win and they prove that they got the young talent to go and win. Uh, they just need that one other piece to go along with them. I think uh, Julius Randle and Dame Lillard would be a good pairing down up in there. Mm. And it's a, it's a big market, which is something that I'm sure Dame is looking for because, I mean, he's obviously he's in a big-ish market up there, but not as big as the New York Knicks. Right. So I think that will be a good fit for him. And that's another point that I kind of wanted to make is he he's – he 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 looks great in a port in a Portland Trailblazer jersey, right? But it, it feels like kind of like my like a Mike Trout situation. Like you're not you're not gonna stay up nine ten o'clock my time. Yeah. Just to, just but but if he goes to somewhere like New York, like you said, a big market, a lot of media, you can you can watch him in prime time and not have to worry about staying up till midnight to see his, to see his great play. Uh, so we'll see what you know it's it's not a given that he'll he'll leave um but it, it, there's been some rumblings that he could he could seek a new home and uh Chris and I just mentioned a few places that um he might look to but you know there'll be a lot of teams calling on him for sure it'll just be a matter of you know do they have the resources to you know pull off the trade yeah no. a big old R.I.P. to our boy, our good friend Spencer Goldberg. He's a big Dame fan, uh, yeah. big Trailblazers fan. It's going to be heartbreaking for him if Dame ends up leaving because I'll have to tear his allegiances between one of the two of them. I was going to say, I wonder if he'll uh, he'll switch teams and, and uh, pop the bandwagon <laughs> and join another one. Uh, but yeah, as you mentioned, he our guy's a big uh, big Trailblazers fan, and I, I was texting him during the. Uh, during the playoffs when, when Dame had a couple of those big time performances and, and he's, he's one of my favorite players to watch. He, he is just, he's just like Steph Curry, limitless mm-hmm. range. I mean, he pulls up from anywhere. He's got uh, good handles and he's a fantastic player. So yeah. Um, if he was a better team, I think he'd be as big of a name as Steph Curry. It's just yeah. his team hasn't had as much success as right. like Steph and them have. And, and and that's the thing too is like, obviously the Trailblazers are good enough to get to the playoffs. Yeah. But they just haven't taken that next step once they've gotten there. Uh, and, and so, obviously, if he leaves, he can definitely help a team. I mean, I'm saying the obvious there. He's mm-hmm. so, you know, it'll be interesting to see if if a team is willing to, you know, pay that price tag and. and yeah take the next step, make that jump to get a superstar player. Cause he I think a, a little dark horse team might be possibly the Sixers. Get a yeah. little ben, ben Simmons, Dame other oh, trade going man. on there. Cause I think, I think the Sixers are done with uh, Simmons. So to be able to ship him off and get a mm-hmm. star player and a point guard like Dame to fit in there with Embiid, I think would be perfect for them. So I think that's a nice little dark horse team to think about when we're thinking about where Dame is going to end up going. Yeah, and, and that's been talked about too. Is like I, I don't know if McCollum and Lil, they're they're a great backcourt, but I don't know like as as we just mentioned if they can elevate the Trailblazers to that to that new height. And, and obviously, uh, Ben Simmons has kind of gone under scrutiny <laughs> in the media and, and everywhere for his his uh, playoff performance. You know, took 
took uh, four shots in the fourth quarter of that whole series against the Hawks and passing the uh, ball underneath the goddamn rim. Right. Yeah. He's afraid to get fouled because he missed, Jeez. he missed 49 free throws uh, while the, uh, the Nets missed like 28 as a team. He missed sure 40. He broke the record for the lowest uh, free throw percentage breaking yeah. Shaq's record. Yeah. I believe it was like 25. Yeah. 24%. I, I, I believe you are. You are awesome. right on that. Yeah, not good. And like you said, he was passing up layups because he was afraid to, you know, that hack a shack um, and yeah. he was he was afraid to get fouled. You know, teams. I, I was watching the the closeout game of that Hawks seventy uh, sixers series, and the Hawks were up five with like a minute left. So I thought, okay, they're just gonna you know get a defensive stop and get the rebound and call game. Well, they they went ahead and fouled Ben Simmons and said, well, just give us the ball back that way. You, know? you can't have your superstar being afraid to shoot and afraid to go for the rim and get fouled. That's, I mean, you can't have that. That's now, just not good. I, I, I mean, and, and I'm not trying to like bash on Ben Simmons. He's a super talented player. He, he just has to find that confidence again. And, and, you know, as you mentioned, a dark horse might be the Sixers for Dame Lillard. So I think maybe a trade, maybe a new change of scenery to get out of that pressure of Philadelphia and just be able to play because, you know, Philly are some very passionate sports fans. They're not afraid to boo. They're not afraid to let you know how you're playing. So, you know, he showed, you know, some cracks there, but he's, he's still only 24 years old. So he's got some room to grow, but uh, it'll be interesting to see a lot of, if there is a lot of NBA movement in the off season, Uh, you know, and as we've been talking about there, there's already a lot of movement with trades and coaches coming in. So, uh, We'll see how the NBA wraps up and and moves along, and and we'll be sure to uh, follow that in uh, future podcast episodes. Yeah, and real quick, we'll touch on the NBA draft lottery. Detroit wins, gets the number one pick. Obviously, they're going to get the star-studded Cade Cunningham from Oklahoma State. Uh, Rounding out the top five was uh, Houston with number two, my Cleveland Cavaliers with the number three pick, Toronto number four and Orlando number five. And that, and that came one of those. I'm not sure if it was the fifth pick or they, they've got, they ended up with two picks in the lottery because they made that trade uh, for Nikola Vucevic. Yeah. Orlando has five and eight. Yep. Okay. And I just want to ask you, uh, how many, how many years in a row has it been for the, uh, for the Cleveland Cavaliers <laughs> Fuck off. In, the, uh, in the draft lottery? I mean, it, Hey, we're building. We're building. Did we're you there. did Did you see the report that they could uh, they could potentially trade uh, Colin Sexton? Yeah, and I think they're absolutely stupider than shit wow. if they do that because he is that a, kid is such really a good. Yeah. He's young. The backcourt of him and Darius Garland combined are incredible. You should yeah. not break them up. I will cry my eyes out and go right in the streets of Cleveland if they trade Colin Sexton because that would just be the dumbest move they can make. I, I saw the other players that they can move to get some to get some more pieces. As much as I love Kevin Love, he's my favorite NBA player. I think he's done. He needs, yeah. he's gonna either retire or he's gonna get traded. They can use that as a piece to give him somewhere else, get that veteran leadership out. And bring in another young piece, uh, the number three pick. I mean, that's that's a, that's a big one. They get another star player. They can get a power forward, small forward that area, which which is what they really need. I mean, Seti Osman's good, but he's not a superstar. Mm-hmm. So I, I like where they're at. But if they trade Colin Sexton, oh, we're gonna have some issues. Yeah, I saw. I saw. Uh a potential package of uh of Tyler Hero, Andre Iguodala, and it was, it was some other uh player who who's escaping me right now uh from the from the Miami Heat for Colin Sexton. That's what I saw. Oh uh, I don't know about that one. I have so, not seen that. Uh, I'm I'm trying to look and see where the where the who the mock drafts have uh have the Cavs taken. I know Evan Evan Mobley is a top top choice. Uh, CBS Sports has uh, the Cavs taken Jalen Green, uh, who uh, who played in the G League this year, skipped college and played in the G League. We're starting to see that more. 
But th- this is a, a pretty solid draft class. If you think, you know, we're kind of getting off topic here overall, but it, under the NBA umbrella, it's a pretty solid draft class uh, overall. And uh, so, so we'll see the, I believe it's, I believe it's sometime, sometime in July, right? Is the overall draft. Um, so uh, we'll, I believe so. We'll see. Uh, we'll see. We'll see where the Cavs go. And I think, I think the only, I know probably one and two are, are pretty set in stone with Cade Cunningham and Evan Mobley. Yeah. Uh, but then after that, I mean, uh, I think it could be, could be all over the board. So July 29th, July 29th. Okay. Yes. Okay. All right. We'll move on along here. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's do it. I think that's enough. Uh, covered a lot of NBA and there's, there's still plenty to cover. So. Mm-hmm. The next topic we have down here is John Rahm winning his first major title winning the U.S. Open. Good for him. I mean, it's awesome. Finally getting that first one under your belt and a big one like this, the U.S. Open. For sure. I, I couldn't think of a, a better guy, obviously, given his circumstances, obviously. Just a, a couple weeks prior, final round, six strokes ahead in the memorial, and then being told that he tested positive. So we had to withdraw and then uh, coming back. And, and as you mentioned, it was his first major um, at Torrey Pines where he met his, he met his wife there at Torrey Pines. Oh, that's, uh, I did not know that. That's so uh, he, 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 he deserves that. Uh, there's been uh, four, four major champions uh, since 2000 to birdie uh, whole 17 and 18 in the, in the final round. He's one of them. Uh, so he closed it out strong and then ended up winning by, I believe, I believe it was just one stroke. I believe it was, he was six under and new stays. Yeah. Was, was five under. So uh, there, there was a, you know, watching the final round, there was a, there was a whole handful of guys, uh, guys in there uh, vying for that top spot. But as, as I mentioned, John Rahm is a perfect fit. Uh, earn the, earn the win, earn the victory. You know, as I mentioned, birdie in the last two holes and and uh, getting that first major, as you mentioned, uh, I can't can't imagine a better feeling. Mm-hmm. And that also pushed him up to the uh, number one ranking as well. So, who who, who was the who was the number? Was it Dustin Johnson? Was the number yeah, one? Yeah, Dustin Johnson was in first, but now John Rahm has a sturdy lead up top with that, so it's good for him. Another big story from the U.S. Open too was uh the player I hate the most because I am a very big Brooks Koepka fan. So Bryson DeChambeau shooting away with the high speed come apart in the back nine. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He was a, he was six over on the final day. Yeah. Uh, That is a high speed come apart. If I've ever seen one. Yeah. And as I mentioned, there was a whole guy, a whole slew of guys, you know, in contention. And, and yeah, as you mentioned, he fell, he fell apart and, and uh, his, his uh, Stanford degree is, 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 Vomiter nothing uh, mentality uh, didn't yeah. didn't quite work out for him. I can't uh, stand Bryson. I, I I'm so happy he choked. I I think do do you think the uh, the beef between him and Kepka is is a good thing for the game of golf? A bad thing? What do you what, what do you, I love it. It's ex- it adds a layer of excitement to the PGA yeah. that's not usually there. Yeah, you have a good rivalry going like that, and it's right. a lot of petty shit that's going on between the two of them, which mm-hmm. I like. I mean, it's obviously fun to watch, and yeah. it's it's a good thing for people to just pick a side and kind of helps get more fans on. They usually wouldn't watch golf because they're going to watch it for that rivalry to see if anything stupid goes on between the two of them, like bro or like uh, Bryson walking with his loud ass cleats right behind Brooks during the middle of an interview yeah. or people are yelling Brooksy when trying, when he's trying to tee off and yeah. having them kicked out, which is utterly ridiculous. They're getting in his head that bad that he can't handle that. He's like a child, but and, and yeah, the, uh, don't rant too much. The, the PGA, you know, came out and said, you know, we're, we're not going to put these two guys together unless it's like on the weekend, unless we have to. The first two rounds, we're not going to put these guys together, and I, I think that was like one of the major storylines heading into the U.S. Open. Obviously, you don't want to take away from the from the game overall, you know, just put them to, to in the spotlight by himself. But it, as you mentioned, it it adds something, adds a little spice, adds a little flair to the game overall. Uh, but the PGA said they they will not put those two guys together 
uh, in the first two rounds of any tournament. Uh, and I think people are still waiting for them to, to be paired together to see how that will end up uh, overall. Yeah, I think it's smart on them to not pair them together on just like a day one or day two of a tournament. Yeah. It's maybe more of excitement if they get paired together in like the last day or the second to last day. Well, then, it. Don't, don't, don't waste it on a day one or day two where not as many people are watching. And, and I believe Andy Norsehead's like, you could probably pair those two together, but if you have a third guy in the group, that's where the that's where a little question mark comes in. It might be a little unfair to the third guy who just wants to play, and you know, then you'll have obviously if they were paired together, you'd have a whole flock of people wanting to follow those guys. And mm-hmm. uh, but still, you know, it's fun to uh, you know. As you mentioned, you know, during the interview, Brooks lost his train of thought and, you know, Brooksy and, and all that stuff. And and uh, Bryson said, you know, he, he takes it as a compliment. He, he uses it as, you know, fire and fuel to to want to do better. Uh, so, you know, I, I think it, it pushes the game of golf. And, and, you know, I don't know if it, it, it'll be like a long-term thing or good to be long-term, but. You know, as of now, it adds a little something different. Mm-hmm. All right, we'll move on to some Major League Baseball talk. Yeah, we've uh, had a lot going on in the uh, in the last week there, with uh, with substance checks and obviously the All Star game coming up. Mm-hmm. We haven't we haven't touched touched a lot on uh, on MLB, but you know this is obviously a big thing. Um, so yeah, with the the they just uh, sent out a memo. Uh, I believe it was last week about starting substance checks and you know what you can use, what you can't use, the rosin, the sunscreen, the spider tack, and and, and whatnot. And, and and it's obviously been uh, met with some you know controversial thoughts or, or tough thoughts, and uh, you know. I don't know what it'll do for the game. It's kind of a weird timing to 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 bring it in into question in mid season. You know, a lot of players say, you know, you you said last off season that you weren't going to do anything. You were going to investigate it in the off season, and now you're now you're you know making changes now. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely definitely interesting. And we, and we had our first uh, first suspension. Off that, they said, you know, you get suspended 10 games with pay. And Hector Santiago of the Mariners was the first uh, player to get suspended. So uh, he's going to appeal. So we'll see how that goes. But yeah. it's been an interesting first week, you know, with different storylines. <laughs> yeah, interesting is one word for it. I think it's yeah. been utterly ridiculous sure. how extreme they're taking it. Some guys getting checked three times a game. I mean, it's – you got guys out there stripping down to their drawers because mm-hmm. they're, they're that thorough on checking because they're getting checked three times a game just because right. they're throwing fast pitches or throwing crazy spin rates. It's, I mean, come on, guys. Check yeah. them once. I mean, check them twice. Okay, sure. They could have gone back to the dugout and put something in there. But three times in one game and making them drop their drawers to check their jock straps, come on. Yeah. That's ridiculous. It, I think you're starting to – and it's only the first week, and, and as you mentioned, you're – seeing some players being fed up with it, you know, Max Scherzer was, you yeah. know, checked, he was checked in back-to-back innings and, and, you know, he, he obviously had nothing on him and, and he, he was just fed up with it. And I believe it was uh, Sergio Romero of the A's just took his pants right off on the field, you know, yeah. and, and uh, said, check me here. You know, I'm not, I don't have anything. And it, it's just, I, I get why they're doing it. You know, you gotta, you know, you, you, you've got to level the playing field in some way. And uh, Trevor Bauer had a good vid- video on, on his uh, YouTube channel talking about the, the policies and the, and the rundown. I wa- watched a little bit of that. And uh, so I, I think it's got good intentions. I, I just don't know if it's being done in the right way. Yeah, it's, it's too much. You, you mean, you, it's good for them to check and good for them to – crack down but come on <laughs> give it a little bit of a rest i mean start out slow and work your way up don't start out overly extreme and then just take it too far it's it's kind of ridiculous in my opinion 
Yeah, and, and Tyler Tyler Glass now said that he believes that's the sole reason he was injured. Uh, obviously, he had uh, uh, he injured his U- UCL, I believe. It's going to have Tommy John. Uh, he believes that it, taking away these substances was the sole reason he was injured because, and Trevor Bauer pointed this out in his video, is, you know, with the use of a substance, with the use of a sticky stuff, you know, you can grip the, you can have a better grip on the ball. You can grip the ball looser and have a higher spin rate. Um, so if you take those substances away, a pitcher has to change his grip, change how he does the whole thing. So if you take the substance away, he's got to grip the ball harder, which, uh, you know, enables other muscles in his arm to have to be used. And, you know, with the torque on the arm, with the, with the spin rates and, and everything, he believes that's why he was injured because he, he put more pressure on his arm throwing hundred pitches a night and resulted in injury. So uh, we'll see, we'll see if, uh, if injuries spike up, if something else spikes up, but uh, you know, it, it's been a, been an interesting first week of, uh, of substance checks. Let's just say that. Yeah. And then uh, other thing in the in the MLB is the uh, All Star voting is out. Everybody go vote for your favorite players: <clears throat> Cough, Cough, Nick Castellanos, and Joseph Winker. Uh, and then the uh, Home Run Derby. There has been four, I believe, as of today, four participants that have yeah. committed, including the hands down favorite and just amazing player to watch, Shohei Otani. I think he's the favorite going in. I think he's the fan favorite for sure. Everybody loves him. Mm-hmm. You, you can't not, not love him. <laughs> Being in first place for home run leading MLB. But yeah, it'll be fun to see who makes the all-star team and should be a good time, especially for that home run derby. Finally getting back to watching that since we had a hiatus from it last year. Yeah, for sure. And it, it'll be fun at Coors Field, definitely. I mean, that, that- – with with the air and all that, we know how the ball flies out of there. And uh, and one of the participants is uh, is Trevor Story, Colorado Rocky, and I know uh, Nolan Arenado has an invite. I don't know if he's going to accept it or not. So that could be a cool storyline. Mm-hmm. Uh, another participant is Trey Mancini, who's had a who's had a good year. Um, obviously, coming back from colon cancer, who's had a great year and. I think he deserves to be there. And then Pete Alonso is defending champion. So we're starting to see a, a we're starting to see a good group uh, form. As you mentioned, there's two from each league. So there's two more to go. There's four participants out of the eight total. Um, and I was talking to one of my friends last night who, uh, who, who actually got tickets to go to the home run derby. So uh, I'll be, uh, and he said he's sitting in the outfield. I'm not exactly sure where, but I'll be, uh, I'll be in contact with him to see if he uh, he ends up with any souvenirs. Yeah, that'd be exciting. So, yeah, it, I mean it'll be fun, and uh, you know, as as Chris mentioned, the uh, the final All Star uh, ballot is uh, is out. Uh, so, and as he mentioned, go vote for your favorite players. He mentioned uh, Castellanos and Winker, so I got to mention Arenado and Molina. Uh, Arenado's race with uh, with Justin Turner is super close right now. I think they're both at like thirty six percent. Uh, yeah. And I'm not, I'm not sure when it ends. I think it might. I think it might actually end tomorrow, or this weekend. I think it. I think it like super super. That quick. ends tomorrow at one fifty nine p.m. Eastern. So two o'clock Eastern. That's done. Yeah. Tomorrow. Yeah, so. And so. Arenado is currently in first. Mm-hmm. He's beating Justin Turner barely. Yeah. And my guy. My guys, Nick Castellanos and Jesse Winker, are in second and third for the National League outfield. Hopefully that stays put. I know I've had my votes and all of Cincinnati's put out their votes because that'd be exciting to see two of our players get out there who have been playing like absolute studs all year. Yeah, they definitely deserve it. I mean, they're, they can, they can rake. Oh, yeah, especially yeah. Castellanos. I mean, he's, they're, he's in one of the top front runners in for MVP. If he doesn't make it, I'll be shocked. They're, they're keeping, they're keeping the reds are uh, hanging around that 500 mark. Uh, and they're, they're definitely a big reason why. Uh, mm. So we'll see. We'll see uh, how the voting ends up, and I'm sure on the next podcast we might uh, we might end up touching on the finalists and and uh, yeah. maybe maybe give a little prediction on who we think is going to win. I know I believe the AL uh, has had quite a quite a solid run here. I, I could be 
could be wrong on that, but uh, uh, I believe the AL has has won uh, quite a few in a row. Or, which, is, or, which is hard to believe because yeah. of the juggernauts in the National League with the Dodgers, the Giants, Padres. I mean, it's it's pretty pretty. Yeah, pretty hard to believe that AL has been in that run, but we'll see how it goes. Now, sticking with the uh, the baseball world, let's move on to a little college baseball and the uh, sad story of NC State having to forfeit that last game due to COVID protocols, which screwed them out of being in the College World Series finals, which I think everybody believes they would have been because Vanderbilt's been struggling a little bit. NC State was on a roll, so I think everybody believes they would have made it through, which sucks to – see them get screwed out of that position because of some protocols, which frankly were ridiculous because I think I read somewhere that they would have been allowed to go and watch the game, but the protocols were different for players. So it screwed them out of it, but sucks to see because it would have been exciting to see an NC state uh, Mississippi state final, but yeah, and, it wasn't and, meant to be. And that's the thing. And, and real quick, going back, the, the American league is one of the last, Seven all-star games. I just want to point that out real quick. But but yeah, going back to that, it's it's they they could have bought a general admission ticket and, and sat in the stands and watched the game because the the fans are not getting tested. And and if you if you had turned on the any of those games, you couldn't I mean you couldn't sit another person in that place. I no. mean there was people everywhere. And and granted, you know, they, they were all Mississippi State fans. Kudos to them for for packing that place and then winning the first uh, first national championship, uh, but it, it just it, it's a little little weird to me. Like I get it, I guess. I mean, they they played that game against Vanderbilt with thirteen players. They only had nine uh, nine position players and four pitchers, but there it was like they they I think they had like sixteen players not vaccinated and uh, and. There were obviously some players who were vaccinated who didn't have to be tested, but the NCA decided to test them, and some of them ended up positive, which which ended up ending their season. And then, which was even what was even more odd to me is like they put out a release about that. It was like at one ten a.m. saying that the game was. This is on like Friday night into Saturday morning. Yeah. They put out a release at one ten a.m. saying the game was going to be declared a no contest and, and Bandy, Bandy got to move on. And, and, you know, as you mentioned it, it felt like, you know, NC state was like America's team, you know, like kind of like the Cowboys, the college World series, you know, a lot of people wanted to see him succeed. And, and they almost pulled off that game against a variable with 13 players. And so I think, you know, if they were able to, you know, get some players back, I, I do think they would have won that game and, and who wouldn't, who knows what, what happened against Mississippi State, but uh, tough luck for them. And 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 then the NCAA sends out like a thank you, thank you, NC State. Like nobody can nobody gives a shit. Like yeah, that's can't they just canceled our season for some stupid. Like again, I get the whole COVID protocol, but it, it was just so inconsistent to me. It's like it, one guy pointed out, I was like there was a video of some guy chugging a beer out of a shoe. And it, out of his own shoe, it's like if you're letting fans do that, like you don't, you don't, you don't have any protocols. Like, yeah. And, and now, now you crack down and and probably take you know, a lot of those kids only chance, you know, to be in a stage like that, and and you know, with the draft coming up and all these things, it it just it feels like an opportunity stolen from them. So it's definitely definitely disappointing. Yeah, but props to uh, Mississippi State. We just we just watched the end of that game before hopping on here to record, and it was, I mean, a dominant performance by yeah. Mississippi State. Uh, both this game and the last game, Vanderbilt just they looked like they cowered in their shell, and Mississippi State just went on our absolute tear. And that is actually the first team national championship in Mississippi State history. So good for them on getting that first out of the way, and then. Just an exciting thing for them. They had a no-hitter going through, I believe, seven innings. A combined no-hitter between the starter and I cannot remember his name. And then the relief Sims before he finally uh, let go one hit. But 
It was an exciting game. I luckily I, I saw a tweet. I wasn't I wasn't paying attention. I got home from work pretty late, and I saw a tweet on from somebody saying how there was a no hitter going into the seventh inning. I was like, oh shit! So I hopped on real quick and got to watch the last three and a half innings. But it was fun to watch. Good to see Dak Prescott was in the stands, going crazy. Big Mississippi State guy, obviously an alumni. So getting to see his his alma mater win a national championship that looked obviously pretty good for him, and it was fun to watch. Yeah, they they. Uh... They jumped all over Kumar Rocker, who's going to be a, a first-round draft pick, uh, who coming into that game was uh, 7-0 in his career with like a .84 ERA and, and, uh, and elimination games. And uh, the guy who, who opposed him was Will Bednar for Bednar, Mississippi, yes. Mississippi State, who's, who's going to be a, a – another uh, first round pick and in the draft coming up uh, who again started on short rest and, and pitched a hell of a game. And yeah, like said, yes, uh, he did. shout out to, uh, to Mississippi State. And I, I do remember quick, quickly. I do remember, I, I don't, I don't follow Mizzou baseball very much. They're not, they're not very good. They're a bottom feeder team in the SEC, but <laughs> uh, I believe it was the last series of the year. They ended up, going to Mississippi State and taking two out of three. So a lot of people were, were pretty shocked about that, and that's why you play the game. Uh, so congrats to them. They, they definitely deserved it. And uh, Mississippi State fans showed out in Omaha. You know, yes, as you mentioned, did. Dak Prescott was there, and I know Rafael Palmero was there, and uh, one of their first coaches uh, – I'm blanking on his name – one of their first coaches who – uh, help start oh the program. Oh my god! Yeah, there. all they did was talk about him for like the last yeah. ten minutes. Yeah. I can't yeah. remember his name either. Yeah, but but they they had fans galore there, and it's like a it's like a you know twelve hour drive. They said like to Omaha from from uh, Starkville. Yeah, so, and they they said I was watching that. I believe it was last night's game. They said a lot of these fans like didn't even have tickets. They just said we're gonna go and figure it out, you know, and and uh. That's I love that. That uh, is okay. so exciting. You know, fans driving that far, not even know what yeah. they're doing, just going up because they love their team that much. They want to see them succeed. I, I love that. That's awesome. Well, one of my one of my buddies was actually there tonight, and uh, that's that's become. I don't I don't follow college baseball much in the regular season, but I, I think that's quickly shooting up my bucket list of just just going to Omaha and and uh, mm-hmm. watches the baseball and being, being involved in that atmosphere and uh, seeing the dog pile at the end and, you know, the confetti. And, you know, as you mentioned, topping it off with their first ever team national championship, you know, that's, that's a pretty big accomplishment. So uh, congrats to them. And uh, yeah, I mean, it was, a, it was a great, great world series. You can't ask for anything better, you know, going to the third and final decisive game. So mm-hmm. All right, you want to stay in the college world and talk a little college football now? Yeah, going to be a big, uh, big potential day tomorrow, right? With the uh, the name, image, and likeness likeness uh, laws uh, being passed by the NCAA, um, I believe there's eight states that already have uh, some laws in place um, with the other states being up to uh, the university and the state legislature if they're, if they are falling under that NIL umbrella, but, you know, in short, these players are now eligible at 12.01 AM to profit from their name, image, and likeness as, uh, as college athletes. So, I mean, undoubtedly one of the biggest steps in college athletics, it is going to, completely changed the college athletics landscape. Uh, So we'll start to see, you know, these endorsement deals come out. I've seen multiple, plenty of of athletes on Twitter, you know, already putting out, say, Hey, my DMS are open. If you know, if you, if you want me to endorse your product or have any ideas, Uh, I saw uh, LSU gymnasts apparently can, sign deals up to a million dollars, you know, starting at 1201. 
and obviously there's like gonna be gonna be some flaws, gonna be some question marks, but you know, as I mentioned, it'll change the landscape forever. Yeah, uh, that's gonna be insane. Just casually gonna be a bunch of college uh college athletes playing playing just for nothing because I mean they're already gonna be millionaires. Yeah. <laughs> it's not even gonna be a push for them to go to a league early, which I mean actually I, I kinda like this because maybe we'll get players staying in the college ranks a, a little bit longer, not pushing to leave early to get that money because they're already going to have the bag secured with the endorsement deals. Uh, I think it's going to be exciting for the opportunities that these young kids are going to get to just get their names out there. And it's going to open up new storylines for who players are picking to go play for, because I mean, the bigger markets like Ohio state, Bama, Clemson, it's going to be easier for them to get those endorsement deals rather than going to smaller schools. Uh, it's also going to be exciting for fans because we can, we can buy jerseys with players' names on it now. We can go buy all kinds of memorabilia with their names, uh, their autographs and everything. Uh, a big one for us uh, sports video games fans, NCAA football might be making a return now. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. going to be sick because that was one of the best games ever made. I have missed that ever since NCAA 14. For yeah. Sure. Yeah. For sure. So that's exciting. And it's, it's, I mean, it's, it's a good move. I, I personally like it. It's, it's smarter than to finally get going. It's been a big debate for the past, past few years. And they're finally getting it going. It's, it's, it's going to be fun. Who, who would you pick as the, uh, as the return cover athlete? Oh, I mean, there, there, that is a toughie there. I haven't. Even I don't. Th- I don't of. think it could be one. I think it'd have to be like a collage of, of players within the past few it, years. I mean, I could. I could even imagine making that decision. There, I mean, there's so many decisions. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't. I don't. I really don't think it can be one player. It's got to be at least five, at least. Yeah. But I mean, I think it'd be sick to have just like a collage of all the big name players that have come out in the past years. That would just be the big stories in college football. I think that'd be awesome. It'd be sick to look at. I think it'd sell out immediately. People would just buy it to put on the shelves to have the first yeah. one finally back. But anyway, but uh, the first person to take advantage of this already filing for a trademark was Wisconsin QB Grim Mertz was yeah, trademarked Grim for his Mertz. his logo, mm-hmm. which I saw the video that he posted on Twitter. I mean, it's a pretty nice looking logo. Yeah, good for is. him. Looks yeah. cool. But he is the first person to take advantage of it, and it's not even official yet. But he filed for a trademark of that yeah. logo, which I mean, I don't really think anybody's gonna be trying to steal the logo. But no. props to him; you can do it. Why not? Yeah, get, getting ahead of the game and, and kind of looking at the statement that um, that the NCAA released. You know, obviously, you're gonna see these athletes. Probably the the main thing you're you're probably gonna see from these athletes it would be clinics and camps and and things like that. I know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I saw something on Twitter today that Jordan Bohannon, an Iowa player, has has an autograph session set up at, at a fireworks stand. If you know, if you come by fireworks, you know, somewhere in Iowa, you can get his autograph. Uh, uh, but they can they can um, hire like outside, you know, so- sources to help them with their uh, their their activities, and uh, so it'll be interesting to see w- where these where this goes. I mean, there's a huge umbrella now that they just opened up. And, you know, as you mentioned, you're, you're probably going to see, I, I mean, that's going to ch- also change the recruiting pitch, you know, too, for these, for these student athletes is just where can I go to get the overall most exposure for, for my brand, for my, mm-hmm. for who I, who I want to be in the future. Um, so we'll see where this goes. We'll see where this goes. Obviously just, just getting started and and uh I, I know a lot of these schools some of these schools anyway are hiring like personal brand coaches i know dayton uh was like the first school to hire one they're, they're starting to get personal brand coaches to help help these players you know open up these avenues and and, and you know this this nil legislature is definitely helping these athletes do so mm-hmm. i agree but but you also worry too, like like we just talked about, like will it take away from the game overall? Will you have a problem of like is like say like a Zion Williamson 
walking around campus with with millions of dollars in his bank account. I mean, you know, as a friend, like, say, for an example, as a freshman at Duke, you know that, I mean, that's cool and all, but it also can be scary. You know, you don't want to. Yeah, I mean, these are dumb kids. They just graduated high school and they're going to be out there making millions. (laughs) You don't you don't want to mismanage that money. And, and, and you're going to start seeing that too. Is like, you're, you're not going to see kids want to go to, I don't know, Eastern Washington, for example, now that they're at that level and they get still get exposure, but you're, you're going to see these kids transfer to, you know, bigger schools who, again, as I just mentioned, can get them the right amount of exposure. So mm-hmm. uh, we'll definitely see where it goes, but, but uh, obviously a big step for college athletics that, that yeah. is going to, going to change the landscape for yeah i think it's, it's going to add a lot more controversies coming out too with kids are going to have this money they're going to go make stupid decisions with it because i can tell you right now when i was a freshman in college if i had a million dollars my name i would have been an absolute dumbass oh, with it and i would have yeah, been doing stupid yeah. shit all over the place it's going to be a lot of instances with these kids making just dumb decisions with all this money and it's going to be a lot of stories coming out and it's probably going to ruin some kids careers but it's that's part of the game <laughs> you finally let this happen it's that's gonna have some good things and some bad things come with it yeah I, I saw i saw a list of uh it was like the top 20 potential players who who could you know make the most you know money off of these things and i, I believe it was spencer rattler who's number one the oklahoma quarterback uh but it took into account you know like your, your twitter followers your instagram followers and the lsu gymnast i mentioned has like three point nine million followers on tiktok and all this shit i mean so it, it's gonna be dangerous um but but i i do think it's time for these kids to to definitely get something because you know you mentioned or you think about you know how, just how much the ncaa makes not even on a like obviously on a daily basis but just just for march madness alone it's like billions of dollars you know and uh, so i think these kids do deserve some sort of compensation. I agree. I agree. All right. It's been a long one, but we can wrap it up on this last little piece here. Uh, recaps on our first two big segments with the, uh, the top five that we did a couple episodes yeah. ago, the top five sports jerseys. Uh, you took that victory by a landslide because you went and, but you went out and picked all the, the top five jerseys of all time in everybody's books. And I went with my personal favorites, That's which, right. Did not pan out. <laughs> you won by an absolute landslide. I believe it was like 80% to 20% killed me. And speaking of the uh, speaking of landslide, how about our, our guy, uh, Dom Hosher, taking our first, yeah. first, 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 I'd say first official top five with, with guests? You know, oh, with, yeah, that, with that was the draft. Yeah, top five and yeah, drafts oh, yeah, are yeah, different yeah. segments. Draft, yeah. But yeah. yeah, that was, I mean, when we did the draft, we all said it that Dom had the powerhouse team we all said that he was gonna win there was not a shot in hell anybody else was but i do have to say our audience has awful taste in movies picking me as the worst draft i was gonna say yeah ridiculous and and that wasn't that wasn't really that close either was it like no it was it was a blowout and i i'm not happy about it because i i mean uh, yeah you guys have no taste you are you need to go educate yourselves on good movies because my draft was i mean it wasn't the best doms was the best but it was by far not the worst some dumbass took rudy which is unpopular opinion, I, not a I, good movie i was gonna say i wonder who that who that is yeah <laughs> i mean come on i had a great pick but yeah dom's winning team of uh miracle the sandlot Moneyball, the blind side and 42 that was powerhouse nobody was gonna beat that and like you said in the beginning he had 59 percent of all the votes which yeah that's that's a pretty dominant win but Anyway, closing, yeah, you guys have no taste in movies, so you should be ashamed of yourself for picking me as the last place. That's ridiculous. Ugh. And on another note, I'm happy to uh, to come in first and to come in second in the first two uh, portions of these segments. You came in second place? Are you kidding I, me? Yeah, I, I believe I did. I oh, my God, I you did. did. Oh, my God. I, that makes it even I, worse. I, I believe I did. Hey, I, I, had a, I had a great list. You can't, you can't discount this. 
A lot of people like Rudy, you know, it's inspirational. A lot of people don't like Rudy. It's, it's very to... inspirational. It's a great story. It's just the way they portrayed Rudy in the movie made him seem annoying. And I just not a fan. And I'd, I'd stand by my stand by my statement. And, and that, Our that's fans fine. have no taste. That, that's why that's why we leave it up to listeners and to the voters. God. I'm going to start making fake Twitter accounts to go yeah. vote for my own oh, thing. Bur- bur- burner yeah. account, yeah. I'm going to make like 50 burners just to go <laughs> vote for myself because this is stupid. Come on, guys. Well, I just watched uh, The Replacements this last week when I was at the state shoot. And it's yeah. such a good movie. I, I, believe it was on, I believe it was on yesterday or the day before I turned it on. We went to uh, – I stay there with some of my friends who uh, – actually, some of the kids I coach with, and then they're they're around my age, so I'm still friends with them. We went to uh, Goodwill mm-hmm. one night after dinner and went to go pick up some old movies, and that was one of the ones that I immediately saw that. I was like, oh, we have to get this. We have to watch it because we have yeah. – that's one thing we do at night in the, in the camper. We just sit around and watch movies, and it's – I mean, come on. You cannot say that that is <laughs> on the last place team. God last, damn it. I can, I'm, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. Well, we'll have to, uh, we'll have to do another top five here. here so we'll have to, I, I enjoy having, having those guys on and, and have a little banter. And I, and I hope you guys enjoyed that, that, uh, that podcast as well. Um, so we'll, we'll hopefully, uh, hopefully get this one out for you soon. Hopefully tomorrow at some point. And, uh, you know, as, as Chris mentioned, it's been a long one, and uh, we covered a lot, and and, and there's still uh, still a lot going on as well. So, do you have any uh, any closing any closing remarks, final thoughts? Uh, congrats, Mississippi State. Yeah. Thanks yeah, everybody for listening. For Love you guys. Catch you on the next one. Yeah, we'll we'll uh, we'll see you guys in the next one. Be be next week. Hopefully, we we can get back to these uh, these weekly uploads for a while. And uh, yep, we'll see. We'll see you guys in the next one. Thanks for listening, sir.